Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Our mission is to transform lives through enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 139, Lessons Learned from Illness. This was not the podcast I was planning on today. Actually, this podcast was scheduled to be recorded last week and the day that I got sick. So it didn't happen. And then I, so I had totally different topics in mind and everything. And then today was my first full day back at work. And it is the night before the podcast goes live because we typically go live every Wednesday. Well, this morning I sat down and I just wrote this list, lessons learned from being sick. So I wanted to share that because you know how I love to correlate physical illness with the emotional experience that we have with grief. Because healing is is in our body. It's it's part of our function. It's part of the function of our he- healthy cells. It's part of the function of our health is to create wellness. It's very different from nature in general. Like you'll see there's an entropy and there's a, a, a physicists call it entropy because everything kind of goes towards disorder. But when our bodies and our minds are given the correct tools they can heal. They go towards healing. That's our body's natural function is to want to move towards healing. And so the things that we see in physical illness and recovery and healing, we can apply to emotional situations, to grief, to the pain that we experience when we have an emotional impact. You know, first I want to just say, yes, I had the thing that's going around and yes, I'm fine. And I know some people haven't been that lucky, but for me, it was more or less one day of feeling really terrible. And then uh, several days of just feeling in this place of recovery. And, and I don't know why some people are affected more than others. But here's what I do know. I have chosen not to live in fear. I've chosen not to live in fear around what's going around. That doesn't mean I'm not trying to be smart. It just means that what is the point in the fear? Fear can actually reduce your ability to fight off I believe, can actually reduce your ability to fight off physical illness. That's what I believe. But I also believe that, and I know this is is not a belief that's held by everyone, and I kind of hesitate whether or not to even share this with you, but let me just share that 
you know, when I was 29 years old, I had a cancer scare. And um, my doctor called and said, yeah, there's an 80 to 90% chance that you have cancer. I remember being in that moment, and I remember even past that moment, of course there was worry and, you know, that mixture of worry and anxiety and so forth. But really it came down to, I didn't feel fearful about dying. And I was young and I had three young children, but I didn't feel fearful around it. I felt like everything was going to work the way it was supposed to. And that's exactly what happened. Everything worked the way it was supposed to. And if I had died, I believe that everything worked the way it was supposed to. Regardless of what the outcome was going to be, it was the way it was supposed to be. And so when I look at what's happening in our world, and we have, we have so many epidemics of cancer, diabetes, it, it just goes on and on and on. You know, think about my in-laws who we lost, you know, in the last couple of years since I started the podcast. And, and I think about the heart disease and the, the diabetes and the things that they suffered from. And of course they were in their eighties, but they, they had had health issues for a while. It's all part of our experience. It's all part of our experience. And and there's no rhyme or reason. Like we can point to people who have had poor health for years and years. I, I look at my mother-in-law. She had had poor health from the time she was in her 50s until the time she died when she was in her 80s. She lived a fantastic life, even in poor health. And then you look at somebody else who just dies suddenly from a heart attack. And, and it makes no sense. You look at them and you go, they were healthy. They were doing this. They were doing that. Now, am I advocating for not paying attention to your health? No, I'm not. I'm, I feel like we have a responsibility to our bodies and to our health. But we are not in control. Like If we don't notice that or even recognize that in our life, then how terrifying is it to believe that we're in control and to not actually be in control. Again, we know at our deep core that we're not in control, that there's a greater power. And for me, that's God. Like God's going to take me when it's my time to go. And I, I don't know that I have that much to say about it. Maybe I do. Maybe I can have a discussion with him about that. <laughs> and he's given me hints to what what my life is going to look like and, and what my longevity is. But we don't have the amount of control that we think we have. And we have more control than we think we do. Isn't that the craziest, the craziest paradox? that the things that we think we have control over, a lot of times we don't, the things that we, we want to have control over, we, we, ne- we don't necessarily. And we do have more control than we realize that we have. I know I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that because I can see that I'm heading down a rabbit hole. 
But I want to share these. Let's see, how many do I have here? I think there's five and, and one might be like two. So there's four or five different lessons learned from being sick that I wanted to share with you today. The first is that there's no point in resisting illness. When I got sick, I had, it was, it was right after the first of the year. So we'd just come off of the January 1st, the New Year's Eve, the New Year's Day celebration. We'd just come off of that. And that Sunday, January 2nd, I spent, I don't even know how much time I wrote and wrote and wrote. I just had so many dreams and desires and visions about what I wanted to create in this coming year, what that was going to look like, how I wanted that to happen, and just felt really inspired and really uplifted by the new year, the energy of the new year, and really digging in and, and creating that. And so I'd done that on Sunday. Sunday. I, I didn't even finish. I had pages. I, I still haven't even finished it because I got sick. But then Monday came and I sketched out my week. I did this really messy week plan. Sometimes I just love paper and pen. I'm a real technology person, but I love paper and pen. So I had my paper and pen and I was like drawing these columns and I was listing everything that needed to happen in order for like the True Hope Club that's launching January 20th. I am sticking to that schedule. It doesn't matter that I've been sick, but we're going to stick to that schedule. So January 20th, the True Hope Club being launched. I had that coming up. I'm doing a grief coach training for people who are interested in learning about becoming a grief coach or who are coaches who want to add that to their practice. That's that's beginning in February. So I had these big projects coming up. And so I was being very, very like inspired and and excited about using my time wisely that week and getting these things done. And one of the things that was on that list was Wednesday, I was going to be recording two podcast episodes for the podcast. So I was going to be doing episode 139 and 140. So Monday went well, Tuesday went went fairly well. And I got out of a meeting, I had a meeting that went until three o'clock and I had some other things I was planning on doing. And I also had a meeting that night that, that I was going to be attending. I didn't have any real responsibilities in, but I was going to be attending. And when I got done with my meeting at three, I guess it was four o'clock, the meeting started at three. At four, I was just like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lay down. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. But by Wednesday morning, I knew I was really sick. Wednesday was definitely my worst day. And I woke up and I just felt achy and I had a headache and I had a bit of a sore throat and definitely felt chilled. So I, I knew I had a fever and there was just no way that I was going to be able to follow through with these plans that I had so put so much energy into creating. There was just no way that I could do it. And so what is the point in resisting the illness? What would have been the point of me resisting what was happening and trying to push against it and say, oh, I'm not really sick or, or not acknowledge, not acknowledge how poorly I felt. And 
we know people that do that. I personally know someone who got sick and then they started to feel a little bit better. So they just basically went back to their normal work routines and then they got really sick and ended up in the hospital. There's no point in resisting illness. So let's, let's talk about that and how that relates to grief. There's no point in resisting that you feel sad, that you're grieving. There's no point in doing that. But I think what happens is, you know, when we're sick, we, we know that there's probably an end point where we're going to start feeling better. When we're grieving, a lot of times we don't recognize that there's going to be an end point. And so we're resistant to allowing it because if we resist it, then we don't have to acknowledge that it's there. And then we can just go about our life. This is what we think anyway, right? That we can just go about our life and act like, everything is okay. But actually resisting creates more of a problem, just like it does in physical illness. So the second point is to relax into, I'm going to call it purging. (laughs) Because when we're sick, what does our body do? It, what it's doing is it's trying to purge our system of whatever the bacteria or virus or or whatever has come up. Whatever doesn't belong there, our system is trying to move it out through fever, through um, sneezing, through uh, like runny nose. There's all kinds of gross ways that our body tries to purge. And and I won't go in and list all of those things. But if we relax into the purging, which is actually the healing process, if we can relax into the purging and the healing process, then we give our body a better chance. It's a tag on to what I just said. There's no point in resisting illness. So the thing that we want to move into rather than resisting is relaxing into the purging, relaxing into the illness, which goes to say also relaxing into the grief. What do I mean by that? That just sounds like crazy town, relaxing into the grief. So much of the pain that we experience in grief, and I've seen this over and over and over again with my clients, so much of the pain that we experience in grief is this this hypervigilance and this anxiety that we have about grieving. It's not the grief itself. It's the anxiety about grieving. It's the the backside of that resisting. We're resisting the grief, so we're not relaxing into it, so we're not allowing it, so then we can't heal because we're like my friend who went back and continued to work and continued to do all the chores and all the things, even though he's feeling ill and ended up in the hospital. So that's not what we want. We want to relax into the illness. 
So I relaxed. I, I spent, I, I thought there is no point in resisting. I am sick. There's not any other way of saying it. Could I have tried to get my work done? I could have, but I wouldn't have been if effective or efficient. I probably wouldn't have made any sense. I would have recorded a horrible podcast. I, I would have felt it, it would not have gone well. It wouldn't have gone well. So why not relax into where I was at? So I took that time to rest and relax. The first day I didn't even feel like watching TV or doing anything. But the next few days I was feeling well enough. <laughs> Maybe you saw my Instagram post where I said, I'm feeling better and I'm bored, but I'm still don't feel good enough to do anything about it. <laughs> anyway, I, I did several Sudoku puzzles. I watched a lot of musicals. I watched, um, TikTok boom. I watched Encanto. I love music. So I listened to a lot of music and I watched a lot of music, but I just in general just slept when I felt like sleeping and watched TV when I felt like watching TV and laid around, which is not my normal MO is to just sit around doing nothing. But I basically just sat around doing nothing and that was okay. I let my husband help me so I think that's another lesson, which I didn't even write down. And I was just thinking about that. Another lesson learned from being sick is my husband, who's the other person that lives in the household, right? He came in in the morning, would bring me my smoothie. He would go out and I'd ask him to pick up things for me. Um, so he would, he would go run errands or, you know, pick up the medicine or the food I needed. So of course, doing that in a very safe manner. So that, that's another lesson that we can learn, right? When we're grieving, to allow people to help, to ask for what we need and allow the help that we need. One of the things that kind of surprised me in the middle is I, I almost had this feeling like, okay, I'm feeling better, but I feel, I still feel like I cannot accomplish anything in a day. And in that space, which was actually a few days it, it, that lasted longer than I expected. But in that space, there were times when I found myself thinking, I can't imagine ever feeling good again. I can't imagine ever wanting to get up and go into my office and work. I can't imagine ever <laughs> wanting to work again. I can't imagine having the energy to do it. And that surprised me because of course, I was going to get better and I was going to feel okay. And I, and I wasn't even that sick. I mean, I was, but I wasn't right. So isn't that funny? And you think about like gr in grief, we have those thoughts all the time. I'm, this is never going to get better. I'm going to grieve forever. I'm, if I start crying, I'm never going to stop crying. Those are the common thoughts that we have this is never going to get better. I'm, if I start crying, I'm always going to cry. I, you know, I can't, I can't allow the grief because it's never going to get better. So I just need to learn to pretend like it's not there. It, it just, 
there were times when I was sick that it did not seem possible. It seems so silly now because I feel so good today, but it seems so silly, but there were definitely times in the middle of that where like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be sick forever. I'm never going to feel like doing anything again. I'm going to be, I, all I'm going to want to do is sit on the couch all day long, every day, like I'm doing right now. Well, that of course went away. And today it's a full day. I'm doing all the things and feeling good about it and feeling energized about it. The other thing that I noticed was that re-entering real life again is challenging. So there's this transition. Like I said, you know, I was really sick one day and then there were what, four or five days where I definitely did not feel well enough to do anything, but also was starting to feel conscious of the fact that, oh yeah, I'm getting better. And then there was this like transition from having been laying around every day to really being in life again, like I am today. And that re-entering real life again really feels challenging. I doubted my ability. I doubted whether or not I was going to have the the stamina to do everything that I needed to do. And I could see the gap between where I wanted to be and where I thought I should be and, and all of that stuff, like all this mind chatter that went on in between, but it was challenging. It was challenging to re-enter life again, because now not only do I have all these, these things that were on my list, my to-do list, <laughs> all those things that were on my to-do list. And then they got pushed back almost a week and they're still on the to-do list. They still haven't been done. Right. And so it would be easy for me to re-enter with a lot of worry about what this is going to look like and how I'm going to do it all and so on and so forth. But really, it just kind of goes back to the whole thing about not resisting and relaxing and allowing and just being in the space that makes sense for where I am physically that day. It doesn't make sense to to push against something that is just part of the reality of where I'm at but also I was up to the challenge of re-entering real life again. So even though re-entering real life again feels challenging, it was possible, doable, I'm doing it, it's happening, everything is okay. Everything is okay. So I, I hope this has been a little helpful. I love I love to compare our physical experience with our emotional experience because I think there's so much that we can learn from it and it helps it to be more real. It helps the healing process to feel more real because we all understand what the healing process is physically. We've all experienced it even if we don't understand it, like from a medical standpoint or, or, um, you know, we're not all MDs. We don't maybe understand it, but we've experienced it. And because grief is such a, can be such a, 
a huge nebulous thing and it can be much more taxing than being sick for a week. I'm, I'm not trying to say being sick for a week is comparable to experiencing grief from a tragic loss. I've been there too, and it's not comparable, but there's lessons that we can learn that can help us from our physical experience when we start to relate it to our emotional healing. And that's why I wanted to share that with you today. I appreciate you listening and letting me share that with you today. I hope that it was helpful to you. If you enjoyed what you heard today, if you'll leave us a five-star rating and a review for the podcast, that would be fantastic. I know for me, Apple Podcasts has changed so much that I'm still trying to figure out the the app. But if you can find it where it is, go in and leave us a, a rating and review. I really appreciate them. And I, I noticed recently I had some new reviews that I hadn't even seen. So I really want to thank you for doing that. Also, I wanted to let you know there's two ways that you can take what you're learning here and you can apply it in your own life. And the first one is the True Hope Club, which I've been talking about, which is going to launch on January 20th. And I really encourage you to get on the wait list. We're working on a new landing page right now, but continue to go to buildalifeafterloss.com slash list, and you can get on that mailing list. Um, if you're on our main mailing list, you'll also get it there. But if you get on that wait list, that is the best place to be. And the other way is I do personal coaching and I love the clients that I work with. And it is a fantastic experience. I just had two fantastic people that just started working with me. And I'm so grateful every time I get to meet one of you and I get to work with you. But last week I held two first appointments with two new clients and they were on the same day and they could not have been more different from each other. And both of them were amazing. It was just an amazing experience to answer questions, to provide training, to be there in that space. And I don't know, it's magic. Coaching is magic. I, I'm just going to tell you. Um, I love it and I love being here with you guys and I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.